0: Hello, and welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast with your host, me, Crystal McFadden. I am so excited to welcome you to season three, You, Me, and the Search for Sanity. This is a place where real struggles meet realistic takeaways from a therapist's point of view who has sat on both sides of the clinical chair. Now, I do want to mention that in no way does this stand in the place of a clinical relationship. If you are having thoughts to harm yourself or others, please dial 911 and get connected with a therapist in your area. Otherwise, I am so glad that you are joining this Crystal Conversations podcast, especially during this season, again, with you, me, and the search for sanity. Let the journey begin. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to talk about a subject that really, I mean, it it honestly just makes my skin crawl thinking about it. And as as many of you know, if you've been listening for a while, I talk uh, extemporaneously or off the cuff. I usually have a general direction in the stories that I'm going to share and sort of the wisdom or the tools that I'm going to, to extend to you. But Today, even as I write the examples, as I sketch out my chicken scratch of like four or five little stories, my skin crawls. And the reason is what I'm going to talk to you about today is so unnatural to our flesh. It is so counter-cultural to our Western, independent, self-sufficient man is greater mentality that I can only I can only really just dive in. And so the topic that I'm covering today is asking for help. And the reason I'm covering this is, I mean there's so many reasons. I won't even go on that rabbit trail, but it can go in so many different directions and mean so many different things. To our heart that I really want to walk you through this evolution. And, and even knowing that I'm still struggling talking to you about it today, there has been a significant evolution. And that's why I want to cover it today with you, because I don't know where in your progress of humility and surrender and wisdom that you're in, that asking for help falls within your spectrum. I don't know what that is, but for me, I was ridiculously independent, stubborn, and prideful in my younger years. My parents divorced early. I had a working mother. We were what was called latchkey kids, meaning we came home to an empty house. We did our own homework, our chores, our dinner, and that kind of stuff. And throughout the summer, it was it was us. So independence was something that was a part of our life from very early on. But even in my young adult years, I had um, I had gotten my own car. I was working uh, during while going to high school. I was working. I had gotten my own car, and I specifically remember. This one day I was, oh goodness, I was probably only three to five miles, if not closer, to our house. And I remember seeing both of my parents, uh, my stepdad and my mother, drive past me while being stranded on the road. I think it was my tire. I don't exactly remember what on earth was going on at this point. Um memories of my past are kind of fuzzy from being sick for so many years and being so self-centered that I didn't really file a lot of these things as important. (laughs) But for all intents and purposes, something was wrong with my car. I was stranded on the side of the road. I watched my parents pass and being in the days of no cell phones or prepaid minutes, um, I did not get anyone picked up And I was stuck and I wasn't sure what to do. Thankfully, I had a friend whose dad, who lived much further than my own house was, was able to repair the car that night. And the thing that I remember the most was the rage that no one came back for me. I was on the side of the road as a teenager with a struggle and no one came back for me. From that moment on, I think it... There were trickles of beliefs that I could do it myself, and I'll be independent, and this, that, and the other, because what other teenage phrases are there at that point? But I think that moment of realizing no one came back for me really solidified the belief that echoed into my soul of, I'll do it myself. Go ahead and watch me. I'll do it myself. And there had been threads of that throughout my childhood and as I got into these teenage years. But I think really seeing that, that turning away of someone um, stirred up something angry in my soul, something painful in my soul. And, and I continued that pattern throughout my time in the military. Um, I think that's why I fought so hard and they had to teach me so much about uh, surrendering to the chain of command and following orders because I didn't have a listening ear. I didn't have a slow to speak. It was here I am and I'll do it. Watch me. (laughs) It was a very rebellious, prideful, self-centered, self-sufficient attitude. And so asking for help was not on the radar at that point for any way, shape or form. I will sew my own arm on if it's falling off. When I got out of the military, as many of you have heard throughout the podcast, uh, I got really sick. I had a little bit of hints while I was in the military, but it really went downhill after I got out within that first year. And so much so that I kept trying to make it. I was in and out of the hospitals a lot. Eventually, um, I had to let go of my pride and come back home from California to Pennsylvania and live with my parents in my young 20s. And that was a huge blow when I had to, I I was forced, there was no other option. There were plenty of other options, uh, none of which were favorable in, in my survival. And the message that I told myself was I failed. Not so much that I had to come home or that my parents weren't loving or that there wasn't resources available to me, but by asking for help, the message of "I'll do it myself" then turned to "I failed. I was I was defeated at my core that I had returned home, the place that I didn't think I would ever come back to, um, because my body was no longer working in the way that I wanted. It was quite an awakening at that point um, to a new low, and and place that I did not uh, had never predicted myself to be. Um, In that time frame, I realized that I was not the only one who had a plan for my life, that God had a plan for my life, and that His ways are not my ways, and that His love goes deeper than anything I could ever earn or any awareness of myself that I could ever begin to comprehend. He knows me more, and He knew what I needed. He knew that I needed Him to see me. He knew that I needed to be loved in a way that no human could. He knew that I needed connection and that the real heart cry was, are you going to leave me behind? Are you going to leave me on the side of the road again? Are you going to make me be more than I can be Um, in a way that I had to very young? And so... In that time, he was showing his love for me. I was still sick. And I had to come to an impasse where my body was weak, but there were things in real life that needed done. I really struggled to keep up on day-to-day house cleaning. I mean, it was exhausting enough just to keep my own self fed and clean, let alone take on any additional basic duties. And I began to realize that is it more important to hold on to my pride and not ask for help? Or is it more important to allow someone to help um, to to allow me to move further along in my adult life, as well as allow them the blessing of being able to help, regardless of my pride struggle with it? And so as this evolution of humility began to unfold in my Christ-like state, in my recognition of I need a savior, I need his love, I am incapable of doing it myself, which was the original message, if you remember, um, I started to learn it in more applicable ways. When I realized that all of my chores and all of the things and serving all the people was getting a little bit too much, I remember one particular moment that, well, I remember a few moments beforehand that didn't work out so well. And so, this particular moment, I remember the amount of willpower it took for me to keep my mouth shut, to allow my ask for help to actually be received. Because, how many of you ask for help? Someone starts to help you, and then you tell them they're doing it wrong, or hold on, this is the way I do it, or whoa, wait, wait, you're not doing it like this. How many of you do that? Mm -hmm. I see that grin on your face. I know. (laughs) Well, this particular memory in this evolution of humility and this understanding that asking for help is actually a good thing um, for our maturity for our Christ-like behavior, for our stepping into just a healthier version of ourselves is I had been that person with my husband in our early years of marriage where I asked for help, but when it wasn't done my way, I would either redo it, which was very offensive to him. I mean, I can only imagine if I tried to do something and someone undid everything I just did just to redo it their way. Um, but I remember this distinct moment. I was standing there, and he came in to help for dinner. We were probably chopping things to throw in a crock pot, something very simple. And I looked at whatever veggie, I don't know if it was carrots or potatoes, and I looked at them. And I remember my mouth wanting to open and tell him, "You're not cu- cutting them evenly. That's not the right shape. Here, let me show you. This is the way. I didn't know. <laughs> that is that moment of willpower, of me pressing my lips together, taking a deep breath to slowly re-engage my frontal cortex and remove the panicked, controlling end of things in my emotional and survival part of my brain. That was a moment I realized I just made a powerful choice. I had just connected with my spouse by saying nothing and allowing him to serve in a way where he was helping, not because I needed it, but because it was the way we were designed to function. We were all designed in a very unique way. We were all designed in a different way of thinking, a different way of planning, a different way of seeing the world. Your eyesight is different than mine. And it was intentionally, it was intentional by the creator that way. Um, The Bible says we're all different parts of the body. And, And when I think about that, that's so true. Those who are functioning as an elbow, which, very, which is a very necessary part of our body, it's very helpful when our elbow doesn't work, we notice, um, is very different than a thigh, than a pinky toe, than our eyebrows, than our tongue. Regardless, we are all different parts. And when we come together, we create a whole. And so by asking for help, it allows us to surrender that lie, that that false, limiting, isolating belief that I can do it by myself. And it allows us to step into the way that we were originally created to be. We were created to offer our strengths, to open ourselves vulnerably to where our weaknesses are and someone else's strengths are. And be open to the enjoyment and the appreciation for God's creativity that someone else may do it differently than we do. Who knew? God knew. God knew exactly what he was doing every step of the way. Every time he gives you air in, his, in your lungs, he is telling you that he has a purpose for your life and that your place in this life matters. And it shows off his glory. It shows off his creativity. It shows off his love. It shows off his faithfulness. It shows off his justice. It shows off his mercy. It shows off grace in ways that there is no other way, but through our mess of a self who believes this world's lies, that we can do it. We are enough, that we are sufficient. We are not. Friend, let me tell you, that no matter how efficient, how intelligent, how high-functioning or low-functioning or multitask whatever that you claim to be, there is no match to the, the design that God has for us in community with one another on a unified front under his direction. It is a beautiful thing and our flesh does not like it. As I said at the beginning of this episode, even just thinking about this topic sort of had my skin crawling. It was wrestling, spirit versus flesh. It was writhing in the discomfort that surrender is the best thing and the most fruitful thing. And every time that I do, it is beautiful, but it doesn't come without a fight. This past summer, um, I am I work. I have a child. My husband works. We're a typical American family when it comes to that, that dynamic. And this summer I needed childcare for one day a week for about six hours. It was going to fulfill the need. It was the bare minimum. Could I invest in all five days, 40 hours a week and all that jazz? Yes. Uh, but the bare minimum that I could justify that I wanted to keep, to keep family first, husband tended to, child feeling loved, all the activities, yada, 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 was one day for about six hours. And I had to surrender all of the fears that I had for the safety of my child. I had to trust in the relationship that I had established with a fellow sister in Christ who I had known for nearly a decade who has kids of her own that are both healthy, that are cared for, that are (laughs) intelligent. And I had to let go of, I can figure this out. I'll make it work. I will go without sleep and rest and sanity. So that not only she could experience the joy and the pleasure of watching her kids laugh and giggle with mine, and watching her heart be fulfilled as she served our family in a very important need but really me knowing that no matter how much i love how hard i work and how how deep i care and how aware i am of other people's perfectly good capabilities there is still a place in my heart that needs to let go that god is bigger that god knows better that his ways are not my ways. And that by surrendering to community, by surrendering for exchanges of service and help and doing life together, we get to see his goodness at even a deeper level. This summer really blessed both of us. We were able to talk more than we ever had. We were able to share family stories, watch our kids develop in ways they may never have in in another setting. and and just give understanding to God's faithfulness and the way he weaved our relationship together for years before I came to this point of surrender and and her willingness to serve went to a very, very specific met need on my my family's behalf. And so it was both the giver and the receiver that were experiencing the blessing, but it was because of God's design, because of that sense of community, because of this exchange that it's not you and it's not me, but it's really this we community that gives us the satisfaction and fills in that hole of... I don't have to do it myself. I don't have to feel alone. There is no me against the world. It is God for the world, loving us before we ever could begin to love him first in both the big, meaningful, eternal type of perspective, as well as the day-to-day needs of our family, of our heart, of our mind. And so I encourage you today, if you've been struggling to ask for help, maybe it's something simple like, hey, can you grab that laundry and move it to the other room? Maybe it's something a little more tangible like, hey, would you mind picking me up? I need a ride and I'm not allowed to drive from this appointment. Or maybe it's more extensive like, hey, we need food, a roof, a job something that's more far-reaching. It doesn't matter the level of the ask. Sometimes I just need a hug as an acceptable ask, but it's vulnerable enough to put us at risk and our skin crawls and we wrestle with it. Sometimes it's what we don't say that allows us to receive the help, like not telling them that the vegetables are cut unevenly or in the shape that you would prefer different. It doesn't matter. It is about coming together and respecting that we all were created uniquely for a purpose to glorify God and to love others. When we align with that purpose, the fruits of that surrender are beautiful. And so I encourage you, if you need some help, test it out. See what happens. And don't forget to share your stories with me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Well, there you have it. You have now finished an episode of the Crystal Conversations podcast. So what are you going to do now? Did you take notes? Do you have a friend who might like to hear this? Do you have questions for me or potentially an event that I could serve a group that you know? No matter where you find yourself, I hope that you have an action plan, a takeaway, something that you learned or gained or that you're ready to do. And that you put it into motion. Don't just be a listener. Get out there, make change. I want to hear about your growth journey. So connect with me on social media at Crystal Conversations, LLC, or on the website at crystalmcfadden.com. Can't wait for you to join another Crystal Conversation.